son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Best Western made booking our family beach vacation a breeze. And it felt a little like... Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Preville, joined as always by my co-host Mark D, Mark Davison. Well, actually, you weren't here last week, but nah. welcome back, Mister. Um, good to have you back on the show today. We are talking defense. This is not just because of the uh, breaking news about the new Steelers defense senior defensive assistant and linebacker coach in uh, Brian Flores. This also relates to the fact that. We really, over this week, we're going to do defense. Next week, we're going to do offense. Um, we really wanted to start ranking um, the Steelers' defensive units by position, um, and that will help define, uh, you know, where we think the team needs to go in terms of free agency in the draft. And then Mark and I get to wake up to the news about Brian Flores. So, Mark, how are you, and what did you think when you heard the news? Well, as always, every time it happens, like, I was uh... – you know, we've had news before with AB being moved or yeah. uh, my the big one I had was one uh, a few years ago when James Harrison went to be a Patriot and it was like 9 a.m. And I was like, oh, no. So it's so funny for us being in Australia that we're 14 hours in front, but we're six hours behind in the news. So any, anytime this, these kind of things happen with Brian Flores or whoever gets hired or whatever, from about like the 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. window in America, we miss that because we're asleep. So we yeah. miss all the breaking news. That's why you guys had that special podcast from BTSC, uh, from Dave, and I think Jeff did, did an excellent job there. But man, you know what? You know what's the bigger news besides this? We we, we should talk about forever. What is it? The zero and three is now my favorite number. 
Zero and three. Why? Yeah. The Bengals are zero and three, man. Super Bowls. You, I'm, I'm not. I, look, I, I was away. I, look, man. <laughs> I'm so happy. I know you wanted the Bengals to win. I the Bengals, the Bengals to win. I don't want the Bengals. Uh, there was some talk in the chat of you and me on on the Facebook. Nate, win. Nate, I had <laughs> I had T Higgins at a great margin to win, like you know uh, MVP, and I had Aaron Donald as well. That is absolute. I, I what I can't understand about yeah, Super Bowl yeah. MVP is it's fan voted. Aaron Donald won them that game. Cooper Cup had the touchdowns, but if Aaron Donald didn't turn it on at the end, so I. I well, don't, don't bring it up. I'm a bit dirty about the MVP. Cooper, Cooper Cup had like an, an average receiver game, really. He had two touchdowns, but he only about 90 yards. He didn't go off. He didn't have like 170 yards. No. He didn't do anything anything overly spectacular. He maybe got a few first downs, but Aaron Donald won in that game. But I'm so happy the Bengals are now, have still never won a Super Bowl, and it warms my heart, and I can't wait to, to face them yet again. And I am super excited. Back to the news, though, with Brian Flores, too, I think. Like for my outside opinion, and, and there's a lot of legal stuff going on, and and and, and racial stuff too. I'm not going to jump into that, but basically, in, in my view, the guy's a head coach. Like last year, what he did with the Dolphins, they were one game away from the uh, from the playoffs, and I don't have no idea why Miami said, okay, you weren't good enough, but you lost a few games in a row, like six, and then you won seven and lost one, but he won eight games out of out of nine. That it had a chance to go to the playoffs, and then they go and fire him. And now we've picked him up as our linebackers coach and, and our assistant, I think he is, defensive assistant. So Yeah, senior defensive assistant. Yeah, it's going it's to help us out. Like, uh, it's a pretty good hire. And if this doesn't, like, motivate the players to go out there and win a championship or go out and win a playoff game, yeah. like, we're getting into territory now. If we start to, to lose with all these great highs and our, the players we have, like TJ, Minka, and we'll get through them today, Um. What are we? Just a good, just a good team on paper, you know? Is, is that all we are? Like we have to do something. We need, we need to start winning games. All right. So I got three questions for you on the Brian, Brian Flores <clears throat> thing. Um, higher, I should say, not necessarily thing. Um, all right. So first one: Do you think there's any issues there with Minka Fitzpatrick? Nah, I I don't overly think so. I like. Okay, look, yes, yes, he did get traded from when he was the defensive coordinator or or no, when he was a coach of the, of Miami, right? Was that right? Yep. I don't overly think so, to be honest. Like, I, I put it down to we could make speculation there could be some really problems, but at the end of the day, if if you and I had problems in a previous job and I walked in, I would sort it out with you in five minutes. Yeah. And say, mate, here's the coffee, let's get over it, let's move on, we've got a common goal. That's it. The common goal for the Steelers now is, exactly. to, go win, is to go win championships. Mika's not going to be stressing out there. I used to be a dolphin. He used to be a dolphin, and we didn't get along yeah. or whatever. That is yeah. all. That is all nonsense. It doesn't need. That doesn't need to be there. Um, the fact is that Flores is coming in and getting another chance while he's also, I guess, doing the stuff with the NFL and going against them, and that's fine. You do that. But when you come in to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, and we wish you all the luck. We have to give them praise, and we have to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm. You know, who was the other one while we're on the topic of coaches? Who was the other coach that, uh, the offensive line coach? Who was, who was that, uh, the new hire? Oh, uh, Pat Mayer. Right. I, as soon as I saw that he was hired, a lot of Steel fans were like, oh, no, what the, oh, come on. Give the guy a chance. Like, for both coaches, let them 100%. go into the office, sit down, have a coffee. And I'm sorry if I'm ranting, but it really, it really riles me up. 
Let them have a coffee, sit down and make a plan. It's February, okay? It is not June yet. It is not July. It's not even preseason football. But you know Everybody what I can't about coach. Yeah, I just want to feed off what you're saying there. You heard all this crap from Steelers fans around, oh, Mike Tomlin calls the defense, right? So half of the fan base is happy to go, why is the head coach calling the defense? And then you make a, a positional hire as a coach, and then you're like, oh, okay, this guy's crap. The whole offense is going to be crap. Or they make a defensive hire. This guy's crap. They're all going to be crap. Hang on. You can't sit here on 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 Monday and get let's just, you know hypothetically on a Monday and get cranky that Tom calls the plays and they hire a positional coach on the Tuesday and you go well the Tuesday this guy's going to be the Steelers offense is going to be terrible the Steelers defense is going to be terrible you know because they hired this coach but hang on didn't on Monday you say that Tomlin calls the plays so if Tomlin calls the plays isn't it Tomlin's fault and then another coach gets hired on Wednesday and then they're like oh this guy's going to ruin the Steelers. Well, who's ruining the Steelers? Is it is it this person? Like, I'm visually, visually, is it person A on Monday or is it person B on Tuesday or is it person C on Wednesday? Because right now, the whole bit, thing's, you know, being torn down in flames and I don't understand, right? So I agree with you. This hyperbole around this guy's going to have this massive impact. Well, if you don't think the coach was a good hire, is he going to have an impact? Maybe not. Like, I don't know. You know, you- you know the happiest bloke right now is probably Matt Canada because he's everything's been you know shifted away from him <laughs> and he's and he's terrible right. and he's terrible offense. Like no one's talking about Matt Canada's offense anymore. It's all about we have the new high and it's fantastic. Like bring the new guy in and we should be happy for him. This is probably the first time I've seen on the Facebook in Facebook comments and Twitter that people are actually happy and we're giving the guy a shot and we have it. You know he's a, meant to be a head coach for any other team and we're all in unison to be happy for our team. And a lot of these, a lot of these news articles come out like, like I said, February, March, and they haven't done anything yet. Like, just let them get there. I know we need to talk about. It. I understand that the, the media concept of that, but everyone, you know, put a lot of blame on uh, Myers, Pat Myers, straight away, and said he was the he was the really bad. I found the him. funniest thing about the Pat Myers off topic. He looks a bit like Urban Meyer, but they're not related. <laughs> not related. <laughs> I spent ages trying to Google like these guys are related. <laughs> like, yeah. It's quite funny. I mean, Mark Tobin brings up that the O-line, you know, this O-line high is a joke. I sit there, I'm like, but you, I think Clem was a, like, that was a joke. Like Clem left halfway through the season. Like, and, and the O-line's one where you can have the best coach in the world, but like, if you don't have the right players to fit the scheme, well, I just it's just not working. And and the thing for me is that Pat, um, you know, the new O line coach Mayer, um, you know, did some work with outside zone. I think the Steelers need to be doing some outside zone stuff. I think they've got the you know they need to draft in those linemen. They've got linemen that fit that. I think that's the way to you know really unless you're going to have the best defensive line in the league, it's very hard to interior rush. In the NFL now with the interior pressure. Like I've been listening to it so much about the draft as I always do, right? And 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 this week on one of the NFL po- network podcasts I listen to, they're talking about this infatuation that's amongst the NFL with interior rushes and how that affects where people draft or how much people are making more in those positions. And the reason I bring that up is like if that's where the league is right now, do you want to run? Like, are you going to run head on into some of the league's best rushes? Maybe if you've got Najee, but you need the O lineman to do it. So I just, you know, and, you know, Mark brings up, you know, in the chat, um, Mark Tobin brings up the interim guy. Well, you know, the Steelers played around with that and, you know, he went off to the, um, where'd he end up? Did he go to Chicago? I think he ended up in Chicago. Uh, 
Um, I'm not sure, but 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 everyone wanted Munchak. Munchak, I've heard, is actually rumored to potentially be be talking to the Dolphins, but Munchak might not want to do anything. Munchak's old. Munchak left the Steelers. He left the Steelers yesterday with his family. He might have left for other reasons as well. And I, you know, remember at the time there being some rumors about you know some mm. you know other things going on. So regardless, I want to talk about Steelers. I want to talk about. Um, you know, the defense. I want to get back to Flores. So we talked about that with Minka. I agree with you. I also think Minka's had a few years in the league now. Minka's a bit more mature. So I think, yeah. you know, and he's not, it's not like he's the positional coach for Minka who's going to be Brian Flores. I think we're fine. Second one I wanted to ask you, Mark, do you have concerns that this is a temporary move? Like that Brian Flores will move on really, really quickly? Or do you think he's here to stay at least for a couple of seasons? I- it could because that's what that's what the NFL is all about, right? You need to do. It kind of depends too what happens with his NFL case as well. But I see, I see him no matter what. If he's a stealer this year, and I think he's linebackers coach or assistant, he's there to do a job and help us to win championships. Um, now, like there is talks of that maybe he might become defensive coordinator once Terrell, if Terrellson can't, you know, up to scratch, right? But we we've all been look. You can be a head coach like Tomlin is, but you need a good party as well. All right. Like we are on the behind the store curtain, right? We have many podcasters. We have like, you know, maybe uh, Jeff, uh, Brian and Dave are like the, the leaders of, of, of our team. We all do individual things that are, you know, quite awesome in my opinion. Right. So Brian could get picked up by in the next two years by another team. And I would be like, oh, thanks, mate, for coming in. As long as he can make an impact this year in 2022. And we have to start doing something with our defense. It is becoming a bit of a, a bit of a joke. And we've been talking about this the last two years. Something is missing. We have all the players there, but we're just not quite getting it done. And why are we not getting it done? Because I'm buying all the I'm, I'm watching as I'm watching the games and we are losing in the playoffs by a lot of points and we aren't getting anywhere. But we have Cameron Haywood and I love the guy so much. Yet again, year 12. I'm ready for this. Are you? Are you ready for this? You've been saying that for 12 years. Nothing against yeah. him. Like, I'm just saying there's a certain point in time you have to go out there and we need to see the defense on the field that we were used to seeing back in 2008 and 10s and when it started to try, try and fall away. And even when when Shazy went down, a lot of things changed, right? You know, Devin Bush was meant to be that guy and now he got injured and then and who's next to him? We brought in Schobert, right? Schobert was meant to be the cover guy. Didn't really do anything. Was no, we had the. I looked at the turnover ratio for the whole season. We're plus two. That's terrible. Like, that's bad. You're not going to go far in the playoffs. And it's funny. You know, um, I listened to a podcast. um, I'm just going to call it out. Like, going to Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, right? They talked about this during the wild card round. And they talked about which teams in the playoffs were in the playoffs. And, and they specifically focused on turnover ratio. And we were like the lowest, the lowest team on that ratio. And most of the teams were in like, the, like if you're in the playoffs out of the 14 teams, you know, all of them had really, really like the top teams had the top turnover ratios. Like and that, that's the reality. Like you're not going to go far if, if you don't have that. So, and plus two is not very much. I don't know what that ranked up in terms of the, the overall NFL with the plus two. I'd have to pull that up while we're talking, but that's an issue. The other thing that I like about this hire, and you alluded to it in what you were saying there, Mark, is the fact that Brian Flores was a head coach. He's not coming in as our defensive coordinator. 
but he understands, he understands, you know, I talk about complementary football a lot, but there's complementary football on the defense as well. And we've talked about that. We talked about that with Shannon. I talked about it with Rich. You and I have talked about it, you know, in the last six weeks where, you know, what happens on the defensive line flows into the linebackers, flows into the secondary and vice versa. What the secondary do flows into what the linebackers do, flows into what the defensive line does. And so the thing that I like about Brian Flores is Terrell Austin has this background, obviously, with defensive backs. Tomlin does too, but Tomlin's been calling the defense. Tomlin's been, you know, overseeing great defense the whole time he's been in Pittsburgh, regardless of whether the cow or Tomlin players, I don't care about all that crap. But now you get bringing Brian Flores to be defensive assistant. You've got someone, and it's been a big – I was talked about it a lot with Rich after we did the – he did the Touchdown Show with me about a month ago, um, Mark. He and I talked for ages around – the fact that Tomlin and, and Dave ended up joining the discussion too, the fact that Tomlin doesn't have enough people around him that challenge him. There's a lot of yes people. Well, and that was a big question for us with like Butler, right? In in terms of he just says, yes, yes, yes. Who are they going to bring in as DC? They promote someone within with Terrell Austin. He still doesn't have someone going back to him and going, how about you do this instead? I love the Flores thing because Flores might be a bit more inclined to do that. They wouldn't have brought Flores in unless they were open to that. And as I was trying to start this point out with, Flores understands the importance of cohesion between the defense. I'm really happy. I'm really happy with this hire for those two reasons. Well, that's the question I was going to ask you about being the challenge, right? Do you think that Flores can, you know, take the the the, the lower role, the under role? Can he, can, he's been a head coach now. Can he step down a few notches? Or is he going to be like... You don't want to, you know, with Mike Tomlin, he's the head coach and he's the final decision, right? Do you think Flores will be okay just, just working on his craft with linebackers and, 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 you know, assimilating to his role? Or do you think that he, that, I guess because he did take the position, right? But, or do you think he All might right, I'll give frustrated? you three. Yeah, so I'll give you three lenses at it, right? One lens is that the optics, Brian Flores can't sit there and sue the NFL, Right about head coaching jobs and all the rest of it. It becomes very difficult if he gets offered a job by a team like this and says no. Now, he could say, look, this job's beneath me, blah, blah, blah. But if the Steelers, like a team like the Steelers, who came up with the Rooney rule, who have, you know, I don't want to get into the race stuff, but they technically have, you know, African-American head coach, obviously, in Tomlin, African-American defensive coordinator in Austin, African-American coach in um, of dissent in, and hopefully I'm saying this however I'm, you know, politically wants it to be said, but in Kyle Dunbar as well, right? You look at what they've got, right? Mm. you got the team inventor, the Rooney rule. you got Mike Tomlin, you know, who's, you know, such a big fan of promoting, you know, young coaches and developing young coaches and what have you as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I just think that from Brian, from Brian Flores' perspective, you can't go and sue, like, you can go and sue the NFL with all these things, but it makes it a lot harder if you don't accept the job, right? And so right. I think this is a good example. It actually backs up his case. Um, number one, it puts him in a good light. Number two, it says, hey, a team thinks that I'm worth it. You know, why aren't these other teams, why am I being passed up from it? Secondly, obviously, Dave and Jeff talked about on their show earlier, the breaking news one around you get draft picks with Flores. But I also think Flores, this case is not going to be resolved in 12 months. This is going to be a multi-year thing you know, this lawsuit. So 
that's kind of good for the Steelers because he, you know, it makes a big difference if he can do that while he's a while he's a coach, right? The other thing it does for Flores too is even if it ends up being a settlement, it gives him something on his coaching resume where he's not out of the game. So that that's one lens. The second lens is, well, it actually helps Terrell Austin, who's never been a defensive coordinator before, right? So it actually takes the pressure off him. And I think it allows him to do what he needs to do without them having to bring in a secondary coach. I like that part. The, the other out there lens, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying I believe it or anything like it. But Tomlin wants to work with a veteran quarterback. They could still make a move, right? We're all sitting there hoping they don't and they just get better, you know, in loads of positions. But if they made a move and Tomlin gave it a couple of seasons and maybe went, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not saying this is what I want because, and I think some language from Tomlin suggests he's open to helping to rebuild around and around a you know rookie quarterback in the next couple of years even though everyone thinks he doesn't want to work with one but let's say he doesn't and let's say they do go out and get a veteran to win now well is brian flores is this a way to get him into the organization to be the next steelers head coach like i'm not saying it's very unlikely right it's very unlikely but you just never know and i look to me they can't get worse out of this so that's why it's a win no exactly yeah I, I agree with you 100%. I think bringing the guy in uh, who was a head coach, you know, give him a chance. He's doing that stuff for the NFL, sure. Hopefully, look, as a Steeler fan and a, and a football fan, we understand what, you know, he's going through and that you, you do that, mate. That's that's what you need to take care of. Hopefully, we don't get reminded all the time during the season, though. You know, like, they're going to always bring it up that he's going to be, like, fighting with the NFL. So this is what I want – this is the question I wanted to ask you, the last one, was do you think this becomes a distraction? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers don't like distractions. Yes, it will. It's the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, mate. Like, it's big news. And, and if we start winning games or losing games, they're going to tie it back to that lawsuit every single time. Um, they do it, you know, how many times do you see when Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, they always pan to him and they just bring up some ridiculous stat. The NFL, you know, loves loves the narrative behind that, no matter what. Yeah. So it's going to create news every time. And they straight away did it with the Big Ben stuff two days after. They threw him under the bus. It just never it never leaves you. So, like, for what he what he's going through, if if, I, if he believes in his word, then go go all, all for it. Same time, he's trying to, you know, play uh, coach football. Even look at stuff like, you know, James Conner. It can never shake the, the the cancer thing, and he even told them like, just like I get it, I beat cancer, and I thank you for that. But I'm a football player, yeah, I need to move on, right? But the NFL, no, it's going to be a distraction, mate. 110 percent. There's no doubt about it. Every time it comes up, or or if he wins the game, or loses the game, or you know, if he, I don't know, wears a hat backwards or wears a hat forward, it's going to be it's going to be it'll be something, mate. You know, we know the answers going to be there. <laughs> Like Mike Tomlin will get asked about it. We do not care. Like that's gonna be the, that's yeah. gonna be the response. Like it really doesn't matter. And look, um, we, this this is why we like Tomlin too because he's had the you know sometimes I'll, I don't even watch some of Tomlin's conferences because they're just they are all the same. But they're very like you put them in the background. It's like the soothing noise, you know. It's he just knows how to talk to the media. Um, it will be a distraction, but what what if we win? It won't matter. And we got to start winning. That's the, that's that's the, the other thing. Like. Yeah. You look at the teams that have won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Like you look at the Patriots, for just for example. Like, and he was on this on their staff. But they had like Josh McDaniels, who could be a, you know will be a pretty decent head coach. I don't I know it didn't really work with the with Denver, but it will work. Like it's much more likely to work here with the Raiders. They won. They had great coaches, 
you look at the Steelers when we've won, like, you know, Bruce Arians, like, yes, he put Ben out to basically on an island to get his, you know, head lopped off, you know, in, in many ways. But, like, they had Ken Wisenhunt. He went down on to, you know, coach Arizona and, you know, did a lot with the Chargers. Like, you know, there's heaps of coaches we can sit here and name. But, like, it's not like the Steelers. It's not like, you know, the Steelers have had instances where the, the really good assistant coaches and coordinators help them out. They go elsewhere, They you know, and they're head coach worthy. The same thing goes to several other teams over the last, you know, 20, 30 years that like win multiple Super Bowls. They, they've got coordinators and coaches that get picked up by other teams. We've had the reverse where we've had a coach that's had a winning, you know, almost a winning record in the NFL that's turned around an awful Miami Dolphins team. Um, you know, I think I think it's really great. And look, we are well into this show and we want to talk yeah, about yeah, the Steelers' vision. Yeah. So I don't want to go through the stats, but when you do look at the Brian Flores coach teams, Across most of the statistical categories, he's in the top half of the league year in, year out, whether that was with Miami or whether that was with New England in the last two seasons there that I looked at um, as linebacker coach with him. So, you know, as I say, look, there's going to be a real benefit um, that I do, do, do think that he brings to the Steelers this year. But let's uh, let's go rewind a little bit and let's go to 2021. So Mark and I are going to go through each position um, so offensive, like these are the different positions where you're going to have um, defensive end. We're going to look at, we're going to look at safety. We're going to look at cornerback, inside linebacker, defensive tackle, and outside linebacker. So Mark, um, I w- I'm going to feed off. I'm going to ask you the different positions and we'll talk about that position, yeah. obviously one by one. Who did you have as the worst, as the worst positional group in the Steelers in 2021? Ah, oh, man, it's got to be middle linebacker. Really? Okay, yeah. so we're, or me, or immediately we're different. Okay, you go. Tell me why. I just miss the thump. I just miss them hit, hitting hitting people as hard as they can. And I, I was sick of seeing Mika come down to the box and, and get the tackle. You know, I know, I know how football works, right? It's also the defensive line letting him through and that kind of stuff. But Devin Bush wasn't wasn't ready. What we used, what do you think what he was going to be? Right? He he went he went down. Um, Spillane to me is just a guy, but we need a guy like him to to sometimes be in there in that role. You know, Marcus Allen filled in as well. Didn't really didn't really do too many things. Like no big splash plays really happened there. Uh, I think we missed the guy at the very start of the season. I, I'll, I'll keep saying it. Vince Williams retiring. Yeah. The, the few days before was like, oh, okay, we missed that. We, we miss him there. I just think it was hard to watch sometimes, uh, as what I've seen over the last few years of the Steelers with Shazier, you know, even back in the days, Larry Foot and Farrier, like, man, some of those defenses are so fun to watch with those, with those fellas working in the middle. And I think we got picked on. I think we got picked on a lot with, with Devin Bush and with, there was plays. And there's also a lot of commitment. I just did, there was times I just didn't see Schobert want to tackle. Yeah, you know, I just like get in there and, and just tackle someone, like be part of the group. Look, I know, I know that you might have the counter argument or with maybe the defensive line letting him through, but for Minka to come down to the box every single time and lead tackles, the middle of the field was a big problem for me. Okay, mm. all right. Look, I just they, they, I, I mean, sorry, I don't disagree a lot of what you said there. I right, to me, the inside linebackers were the second worst group. okay so and the only reason they weren't the worst is because actually when i went through the stats um 
they weren't as bad <laughs> as what I thought they right. might have been. And that's kind of feeds into the defensive line stuff you mentioned there. Um, a more defensive tackle, which probably gives people a sense of where I'm going to go next. But the year-on-year difference between what we did this year versus what we did last year wasn't bad enough for them to be the worst ranked position for me, right? So that's why they're not... Like, it was close. It was really hard. But for me, without a doubt, it's definitely cornerback was the worst position. Of really? Yeah, and it's, really. to me, it's a number one need. I think I've talked about... I think you fill this in rounds three, four, or five and get someone fast in the draft. But I think you need... If you want to get better here, you are going to have to get someone in free agency. But I'll give you some stats, right? So in 2020, the Steelers averaged 6.8 yards per target. Now, I'm not saying per completion, because obviously if you complete a pass, you go for yards. If you don't compete, a, uh, com- compete. If you don't complete a pass, mm-hmm. it's no yards, right? So it's actually, that's misleading when you look at that stat. So 6.8 yards per target in 2020, 3,494 yards allowed, 56.7% com- um, of passes allowed, 22 TDs, a quarterback rating of 76.7, and air yards of 2,088, right? So that's 2020. In 2021, the average was 7.2 yards per target, 3,977 yards, 63.1% completion. That's almost 10% increase. A 24 TDs allowed, so they only allowed two more. Um but 12, actually, 12 of those 24 TDs came from cornerbacks. 15 TDs, if you count Morlet and Norwood, what they allowed. A quarterback rating allowed of 88.7 and 2,228 yards in the air. They got worse everywhere across the board this year. There's, like, And it's cornerbacks, right? Like, And five out of the top nine people, like, um, Worst players on Steelers defense for allowing quarterback rating, like the highest quarterback rating, were cornerbacks, and even more if you allow like Mollet. It doesn't get any worse yeah. than that. Like, and all, and the other thing that I had to factor in was the amount of targets that like Devin Bush and Schobert had to defend against versus what the cornerbacks did. If anyone sits here this offseason and talks about James Pierre to me, I swear I will like. I'll have to leave the room because James Pierre, when I look at these, some of these stats, he's awful, right? Akello Witherspoon, when you look at it, there's a couple of stats, statistical lines he wasn't great at, like his completion. I think it was completion rate. I'll have to pull it up now. But Akello Witherspoon was by far the best cornerback on this team, and he hardly played. Like, you know, and it's not just the interceptions. I, I, they were they were abysmal. It was, it was absolutely awful. Mm. It was so bad. Like, I... I yeah, I just don't even know where to well, begin. When you say it like that, it sounds bad. And Cameron <laughs> Sutton was bad too. Cameron Sutton was real bad. He was targeted. Like you got to find someone there on the outside. Like oh, I, I just like get better. It's not good enough. Yeah, I hear you. And we have the pass rush too, right? That's what that's what the hard thing is. If we have some, if we. We need some like shut down corners or something because we have the pass rights. I think you know all the years people are saying we're wasting talent. We are wasting talent. I agree. You may as well you may as well like sorry, this stat book. Like yeah. you may as well hold them. Like you know, get done for DPI and then hope you can crash them. Oh, good. Maybe it off for field goals. Yeah, like, it could be a lesser lesser yardage, right? Hundred percent. That's that's where it's going. Like seven point two yards. That's where we're going. 
When you look uh, at depth well, of target as well, like it, it, I, I'm de- we, it's, it's awful. What we should do is just tire them out by holding them all the time and making them churn, churn their legs over. And if they get tired, they won't run as hard anymore. I, what, I look, it makes sense. Not, but... You may as well get someone dirty out there. I'm obviously not a fan of obviously don't want this to happen. But like <laughs> get ejected by knocking someone out. Like, like I don't know, but like right now, it's like I don't want to say it can't it could it can't be worse because it can, but I'm just it's just really disappointing. Like Uh-oh. they're letting the team down. Like I just can't even you know. All right, transition. We've got to calm down a little bit. Transition. Big Brosco says, why doesn't the dog sound Aussie? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I don't know. It's the outside dog that's going up. <laughs> Mine's I, yeah, man. I uh, I hear you. We we haven't got maybe we haven't got a secondary. We haven't got a lot of things. I'm starting to find, you know, everyone's saying we need to get a quarterback. Man, we we could spend three hours talking about how many different things this, this team needs right now. And it starts with bringing them in Flores and, and Austin and those guys and the defensive coordinator. It's just, it is very funny to what we are seeing the, the transitional period of being a new team. And we have TJ winning Defensive Player of the Year, but we can't do anything. All right. That's so the most disappointing part. Where did you, where did you have cornerback ranked in terms of your position units? Well, how many we're units? Starting we from do- the bottom. Well, how many units are we doing? Six, six. Well, I, you, look, I can't. Especially I can't after go, I told you all that. <laughs> I can't go and guess what you said. So probably like fifth, right? Okay, like, so you're going then fifth. I, right, the so. only the only person that I like on that on on the secondary is we're a funny team right now because we have Joe Hayden and I think he's a key piece, but he needs things around. He needs younger players around him, young, feisty, angry players around him, right? And we have Minka, but we didn't use Minka the way that we had used him before. In previous uh, previous years, Minka was just the extra extra linebacker coming down the box, right? We didn't get. I don't think. I don't know about you, but I don't think we got burnt too many times with over the, like you know 50, 50 yard footballs. But I think they were the only reason we didn't get burnt though was because teams could just run it up the middle. They didn't have to. Throw yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even like. I can't even take any solace in that. Like that's like okay, like. And, and that's it, right? We, we, we weren't getting burnt, like, going deep as, as often as I, as I see. However, there were guys, like, sometimes Trey Norwood was on, like, their first best receiver every single time and getting burnt. Uh, Cameron Sutton was getting, you know, burnt. And then also our secondary, if you include sometimes the middle linebackers too, they were getting burnt quite a lot. There was times where I would watch the offense on, on Big Ben play and we'd go three and out or we'd go, you know, third and seven and we, we'd walk off the field. And, and then you watch the other team come on and they would just go – 45 yards in three minutes, and you're like, oh, and get a TD. Like, that how? Raiders game, that Raiders like, game how? was a perfect example of that. That Raiders game was a perfect Everybody example. Everybody was open. Like, everyone was, like, open. Like, but, it didn't matter who was going to football. But do you really want to keep Hayden? Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I would like to, I think, if, you know, they do the Honda Deshae towns and thing. Yeah, cool. But, like, Joe Hayden, right? If you go in his st- time with the Steelers, right? First year allowed, obviously, it was a very different player in 2018, but allowed 50.5% completion. 2019, 53.7%. 2020, 50.6%. Um, last year, he allowed 60%. He allowed his least number of yardage, which was interesting, but he played his least amount of games. And it's basically the difference there is like you know, 100 to 200 yards. So if you get burned one a couple of plays, it's the difference there. 
He went from allowing a, a low of 5.5 yards per target in 2018 to 7.1 in 2020, um, 7.2 in 2021. He allowed his equal least amount of touchdowns, but again, it's a different position, you know, that he was sort of playing on the Steelers team and he missed a lot of games. He allowed his quarterback rating allowed in his first year with the Steelers was 72. Second year was 66.5. 2020 was 75.9. And last year was 100.1. Like, and he missed 17% of his tackles, which was a 3% increase. So 25% increase on his previous worst year. Like, just, yeah. like, Maddie, 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 you're, you're the kind of the manager guy that like, I feel like I had a good day at work and then you just tell me all these stats and like, oh, I had a horrible day. <laughs> They're not productive. That's what I would say to you. You might have had a good day, but you weren't productive. You might have had a fun year on the team. You might have had a you know, yeah. good time with the boys, a couple of away yeah. games you really liked. I know, you're bringing it back to reality and I kind of don't like that because I like what I saw on the field with Joe, I'm like, he's a legend. He's a great player. He's one of the best we have. And then you just go through all these stats and like, oh no, maybe not. He's not a great player. Like, right I, I, I hope we keep him. I hope we keep him there to be uh, cornerback number one. We need to build around that. I don't think Arthur Millett's the, the guy. Uh, I don't. I, I like to see Trey Norwood like step up and do some more things. However, same time, I don't want to see him in there all the time. You know. Yeah, uh, you got to use his streak. I'm not saying that Hayden's the reason why this team, this defense is bad. I'm just saying that even the shining light in with the spoon and Hayden is well, even 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 to that extent, right? Our second second cornerback is Akilah Witherspoon, and where would he rank in the NFL? Like maybe 50 or something like that, 55. I'd have like to. He, he, but but even to your personal opinion, right? Where would he rank? He wouldn't rank up, up the top. You mean top? It was certainly not top thirty cornerback in this. Like it's hard because you're looking at a season when he was injured, and you're looking at like yeah, but he would not, be top. Not... He would he would be top fifty because like in a you know in a pinch. But like I, he's not a big name though, is he? That's what I'm trying to say. He's not a big name. No, no. If he thinks so... he's going to get more than two million dollars or more than I, I don't think he's worth more than six. To be honest, I wouldn't pay him more than six. Unless you're doing a multi-year deal and you're doing some voidable years, like I just don't know why you would. Do you, do you have right. stats for every single position? Because you're going to rip them all to shreds. Uh, I have some. Uh, but <laughs> it's normally. Um, oh, actually, I didn't get to finish. Sorry, I actually didn't get to finish. Um, the other thing that was interesting um, oh. across the defense with these guys was um, that this year we had 80 pass defenses in 17 games. Last year we had 84 pass defenses. Now that's not just on the cornerback, like cornerback position, but obviously those guys are going to have the majority of pass defenses. And the other one um, that I wanted to look at was actually no, that's a stat for it. That's a different time. Um, that's fine. Um, so who was your third worst positional group? So I guess number four, right? Number four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are we we splitting defensive? Yeah, tackle. Yeah. Although yeah. we are splitting, so we're splitting the tackle and the ends. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you got to go with tackle, mate. You have to. That's where um, I had him. That's yeah, you exactly have to where because I had him. Yeah. if you if you're going tackle, it all comes down to like we all said throughout the year. They didn't didn't have a plan for Alu Alu at all, and it no. showed every single game. So like, and like, yeah, and, and oh, I'm just gonna. Oh, you go, mate. Yes, you go. We, no, we, no, no, no. All I'm gonna say is, mate. yeah, I'm just gonna say like. The only reason they're not worse is because of the injuries with Tua and Alawalu, right? Like, 
That's their only saving grace, and it was a struggle to not even put inside linebacker ahead of them. They were they weren't. Well, you look at the anyway, guys going, who we had who we had filling in, right? We had Mondo and Montrevious Adams at, at nose tackle. You know, did did their did their best, right? Yeah. Um. Even to the certain extent, though, every single week the same things came out where Cameron Haywood was almost feeling like he knew that this team was bad, but he didn't want to say it but he wanted to give the guys props. Like mm. he knew that they weren't doing a very good job, but he knew their ceiling, right? Mondo and, and Montrevious Adams played okay, but they're not great. They're not fantastic. So, and that all came down to what can Cameron Haywood do to try and help that defensive line and no two on the other side as well. Then you just have TJ on the, on the island. So there's just so many different players all over the shop that, you know, TJ is a hundred thousand percent the best player, but then we have like an average average line, and then we have Cameron Hayward too. So yeah. you can't let they let up one hundred and forty yards a game. Well, and, and so this is the thing: it's like the saving grace is that inside linebacker, you know, um, had such a detrimental performance. Cornerback was worse. And the other thing is, apart from the rush yards, it's very hard to judge defensive a defense the defensive tackle from a statistical perspective. So it's hard for me to rank them below those two. But what we saw on tape wasn't great. So that's where they are. Look, we all know the defensive tackle position inside inside defense, interior defensive line needs to get better. I'm going to park it there. We're going to move on. I want to talk about the other positions. Who did you have as, let's, let's change your attitude a little bit, the third best positional unit on the Steelers' defense? I'm going to go with the guys I've been talking about already. It was probably safety. Now, I'm also going to include... I like, completely agree with you. This is yeah. exactly where I had them. I'm going to, I'm going to inc- include the guys like uh, Trey Norwood in there too, like playing that certain role, like in the nickels and the, in the yep. you know, um, other formations like that. But Minka was playing his heart out all year. There are so many tackles he made. I think it was... Uh, I don't know if it was the Chiefs game or the Browns game. I think it was the Browns game where he tackled... Was it Landry outside? He came yep. over and knocked the football out and it could have been a first down. Um, he was like you said, this the saving grace for this team. He made all the tackles. He, what about that? He he continue, he got the steals into the playoffs with the hit on Hollywood Brown in the in the in the Ravens game. Was that the he one? Off, this, was that the one where he was going outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he football? smacked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's the one. He that's he he'll make that tackle. They're not in the playoffs. Yeah. So and even to like a certain extent, I think Terrell Edmonds played really well as a safety he did as too. well. Like yeah. they didn't, they didn't. Uh, and it was pretty much for the whole year, right? Those two were back there, right? And they're, yeah, they're that, this was the hard thing. It was hard not to put them ahead of who I had in at number two because they were so good. But it's the drop off after Minka and Terrell, and it's also Minka wasn't doing the free roaming role that he usually gets to do. Like, well, I, I felt I felt bad putting them at third best. I wanted to put them at second best, but well, look who we have. Yeah. Okay, yeah. look who we have. No offense to these fellas, Trey Norwood and and Miles Killebrew are behind. Minka and uh, Terrell. Yeah. Right? Now, they didn't really play too much. You saw Kilbrew in there, like, like in, in uh, some certain uh, formations, like third down and whatever. But if you – I don't know if you can find the stat, but, like, they, the, the high percentage snaps would have went to Minka and Edmonds because they were the, they were the backbone of the defense. And yeah. it's, it's just unfortunate. It's very unfortunate the way our, our defense was getting burnt so much because they had to make up for a lot of mistakes. Now, imagine if they didn't have to make up for so many mistakes and they could actually roam the field. And I like the play of Edmonds too, how he comes uh, down into the box and provides that 
that menacing hit too. I, I have their snap there. counts if you want. <laughs> and let me guess, is it 90, 95% each? More. No, 90, 100%? Minka's 99%, Terrell's 98%. Far out. There you go. That's exactly like that's that's our point in a nutshell. So Mate, I'm talking 1,083 time. snaps for Minka and, a, and 1,145 for Terrell Edmonds. That is amazing. And, and look, they were I don't just... know how that works, though. How does, how does Terrell play more snaps in a smaller percentage? I don't know how that works. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, that's that's... Look, those fellas at the back uh, were just it's playing clean, clean up football, weren't they? Playing clean up football, and you like they said, they got they got you know busted through the middle. How many times? How many times did we see like a like a, t- a ten uh, a ten yard run, 11, 15 yard run, and we're like far out? And then Minka's there, or Minka would make a cut, and he would see the play develop before anyone else. Uh, sh- sure as sure as heck that Hope uh, Schobert wasn't getting in there. You know, it's. Funny man, when you when you break the defense down, it's a funny way to look at things like this. That's what I mean because I just think it's yeah, and and, and the reason I want to talk about that, the safety, I'm conscious we're gonna start you know running out of time. But the thing for me is I talked about in War Room, I've talked about it on a few of the other shows. I think um, you know a lot of some of the other BTSC guys. Um, and George Chester says out for COVID. That's why, <clears> yeah. Um, but uh, we've talked about the need to retain Terrell because there's not many, unless you're going to like draft someone really high and they're not going to be as good as Terrell. Like there's not a, not a good strong safety out there. You know, there's, I'm a big fan of like Keanu Neal, but I know he's moved into you know, a linebacker spot. He's on contract anyway with the Cowboys. I think it is. So um, yeah, I just, and Landon Collins, I, I don't know why you'd go older. Terrell knows the system. Terrell knows, you know, Austin. Terrell's got better with Austin. Um, Jeffrey Benedict's pointed that out numerous times. You know, Minka and Terrell have a good chemistry. You know, you got to re-sign Terrell, right? Like, he's got to be re-signed. All right. So who did you have as your second best position uh, in the positional unit rankings for defense? Well, it has to be. This This comes down to really just a player. And even my first best would just be the player. It has to be defensive end because we agree, have... Agree, uh, agree, agree. Mate, Cameron Hayward's the leader 100%. of the team. Well, like I said, and I know actually we should pause. I just want to pause for everyone out there. I know statistically in some stats he's listed as a defensive tackle, but for the purposes of this, defensive end. Anyway, yeah, continue. Look, he is the best play, one of the best players on the team, if not the leader. And it, it's starting to get to the point where in, in, in any in any workplace, in any office, any football team, you start to know how good your how good a value you are to the team, and you can't do it all. It, it, you know, he, did he get a pick this year? I think he got a pick this year, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. Was it this year? Yeah, yeah. He got a pick. His second year. career pick. Two pick. Two <laughs> two picks in two years. <laughs> I've seen this guy take out uh, a tackle and a guard. Like I think actually, I think actually, like Michael Beck might have put this on Twitter, or maybe it's someone else. Um, that like there were three weeks or four weeks of the season where he had like a bunch of pass defenses in the interception. <laughs> he was like the Steelers' best shutdown like <laughs> pass defender. <laughs> Shut down, shut down defensive end. Yeah, like yeah. he allowed three, one completion on three targets this year for seven yards um, and allowed a quarterback rating when passed to him of 2.8. That's it. And then who do, who else do we have on the other side? It was like Chris Wormley, right, I think. Even, but um, this is why they were ranked like number two for me because Wormley had a pretty good year. For what for what most people think is a third or fourth string guy, we only had like seven sacks. We only had a good year. Yeah, and also I think I think Lalamook played some good snaps too within yeah. within the organization. But 
they just need to build and get and get bigger, and they have to stop the run. So as as good as as good as Cameron Haywood is, allowing that many yards, 140 yards per game, and you can see in his expression that that he knows that his team can be good, and he's trying his hardest to, to be to be the the bet one of the best Steelers. And TJ knows it too, but something needs to change, and we need to get some maybe some you know draft some guys in there, or you know the Taco Charlton's if they stick around, those kind of blokes. You know, you can't just go to work and go, oh, TJ and this guy will do it. I'll just clean it, I'll just clean the mess or whatever. Well, no, Cam no, Haywood no. missed Cam Haywood only missed 5.3% of tackles, which I think is ridiculous at what at what he's doing. Um played 955 defensive snaps, a, a career his second highest in his career. The last time he played more than that was in 2015 when he was, you know, 26, not 32. I mean, they gotta help him out. Like, you know, go get hicks if you know, um, you know, two it's gone or go. You got to get someone to help him out. He can't. He can't be doing this. We want him to play another three or four seasons and get into a Super Bowl. You know, you you, you got to help him out there. Um, and I do apologize to listeners. My dog is eating a very loud bone in the corner, so apologize right. if that's coming through. They the were head. they were going through also. Uh, you know, they were running away from Hayward too, right? You you run away yeah. from Hayward and you and you double TJ. That's what they're really doing. And we still yeah. There, there, are, there are big things that, that I think are happening with this, this steel franchise, but we are missing so many, so many key pieces. Like we still have the development. I think we all know who our number one's going to be. Development of like Alex Highsmith into his third year. Um, I just want them to all. They're not playing as a unit, right? I, I will always bring it back until we win another Super Bowl. I'll bring it back to 2004, 2005, 2008. Those defenses were so fun to watch, Maddie. Oh, like, I know. I, I watch. I watch them every. Probably two months. I put I put some highlights on, and they're all a team. They're all a unit. They're all have one one mindset is to get after the football. And we used to be like the, the, the number one defense, and couldn't like couldn't allow any yards. And now where are we? We're we're a good team. We're a good team, but we've just man, it's hard to watch. I, I can't do it this year again. I cannot do it this year again. If we if we're playing. Uh, I know it's going to be a tough year with with who our quarterback might be, but this year in the NFL with the Steelers, are we just going to allow them to run down every 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 drive and and we can't let TJ rest and the, the quarterbacks can't do anything? It's going to be hard, Maddie. This year, watching the football was like we will the roller coaster every game. Well, I want so before we get to the top position. I have some overall defensive stats that I wanted to hit you with at the end, but I think it's important when we talk about. Um, obviously, outside linebacker is our consensus number one, you know, positional group. Um, but there's some stats in 2021 versus 2020. So Steelers had five more forced fumbles in 21, 18 versus 13. They had less um, quarterback, uh, uh, quarterback, not quarterback hits. Hang on, let me pull it up. Sacks, sorry, sacks or sacks. They had 55 sacks this year versus 56 last year. Just interesting when we all had an all extra game, but then you saw how often TJ was out. There was no to it on the team. Um, although I still thought they should have had more sacks this year. They had 80 pass defenses this year versus 84. Um, 80 this year versus 84 in 2020, which we talked about. 106 quarterback hits this year versus 137 last year, right? 94 tackles for a loss this year versus 103 last year. They scored zero defensive touchdowns this year versus three last year. Really? And the average age was 26.1 versus 26.3. Now, all those stats are pretty much a drop. 
which means that the Steelers were pretty efficient, right? When you think about what someone like T, when we start talking TJ and his numbers, but with an extra game, the Steelers defense did not perform. And obviously we saw weakness in the defensive, you know, to it's gone. We saw weakness in the defensive tackle position. No, Alu, you know, he had had, a, he, I think he had five or six sacks last year and had a career year. Um, the inside linebacker play was poor. In, for me, in 2022, the numbers can't be lower than the previous year. You've got 17 games. You've got to play well. You've got to get guys back. You've got Brian Flores there. You've now got Terrell Austin promoted. You've got Mike Tomlin in there. 17 games. This can't happen again. If the stats are worse in 17 games in terms of – and I'm not talking about, oh, you let in this many number of yards. I'm talking about hits, sacks, defense, quarterback knockdowns, quarterback hits, defensive touchdowns, tackles for a loss. They're all things you can get more of in a good way with an extra game. That has to change. Um, but with that, Mark, f- tell me why the outside linebacker unit, you know, I, I mean, it's hard. Obviously, TJ's defensive player of the year, but like, you know. It's TJ, mate. TJ is the, the you know, the soul of our team, really. And we need to put pieces around him. So he's doing, he's doing all the work. However, can we get someone, like you said, to cover and, you know, make that splash play when TJ goes up and knocks the ball in the air and someone picks it off or that sack and there's a bit more coverage or they throw a, a duck egg ball and the next minute we get a pick. Um, we need that pressure where TJ puts him in, in, a, in a position where he'll make a sack and next minute it's third and 15. And I'll, I, this is another one I keep bringing up. If you guys don't like me bringing it up, please let me know in the comments. We cannot stop third and 15s. I've never seen this team in the last five years that we just go third and 12, we play so well, and then we just, they just let them down the field and they get first downs. They can't get off the field on third down. It has been happening the last five years. It's a mentality thing. It's TJ getting after it, getting a, getting a sack. And then the, the cornerbacks play, you know, Laze. And next minute they get a first down and you're like, okay, I have to do it again. So TJ, they're number one. They're, they're number one defense for a reason. Alex Highsmith is, is starting to, you know, help yep. out a little bit too. Uh, guys behind those two guys are just are just guys. They're just guys that fill in for certain right. downs where you, where you need TJ to have a rest. Like, yeah, like I said before, you, if we're talking about wasting talent, like a lot of fans like to say we waste talent over the years, this is one I would actually agree with. Um, the other ones I don't agree with too much because I guess you've got to go out there and win championships, but you are wasting a generational talent in TJ Watt if you don't give this man or give this guy a chance, and yes, he's going to play well in the playoffs too, you have to win a playoff game. This, this is the is moment how, now. Yeah. You have to. You just have to, Matty. Like, you, how can you not have this player that does 22 and a half sacks? He's doing everything he can. He's batting the ball down seven times. He's being a wrecking machine. It's like he's sometimes playing like those high school footballers or college footballers, and, but he just can't, he can't play the whole game this way. He needs someone else to step up, a middle linebacker to do something to help him out. Scheme-wise, you know, get Minka involved too. It's not just like, oh, play, you know, cover three or cover four or whatever, and then just send out, you know, send what and see what happens. That works, but we need some more things. We need to be create. We need to be creative, and we need to put pressure on these quarterbacks and these teams and and put, make them fear. They don't fear us anymore, Maddie. They don't fear us. They fear what? But they don't fear the Steelers, do they? That's it. That's up. You hit the nail on the head. So I've got a couple of stats. I mean, I'm always I've always got a stat on me. But I've got one stat that I think you're going to really like, Mark, right? I think you're going to go wow at, right? But so the first, and it isn't this one. I'll give you the pre-warning. 
So TJ Watt, 52 pressures this year. The Steelers had 175. So, you know, he's accounting well over 25% of that, almost 30%. He had 13 quarterback knockdowns and 15 quarterback hurries. But here's the golden stat, right? Here's the golden stat. He had 